from D. James Kennedy Ministries. This is Kennedy Classics. Merry Christmas. I'm Frank Wright, president of D. James Kennedy Ministries, where we are standing for truth and defending your freedom this holiday season and into the new year. If you have a family member or friend that you'd like to have see these powerful messages, tell them they can watch online at djkm.org, where we also have more resources important articles, and strong content to build faith and answer questions. This time each year in print publications, broadcast outlets, and online, you will see pundits wax eloquently about the meaning of Christmas. Focusing on the angels' words to the shepherds, these commentators invariably land at one and the same spot. The meaning of Christmas, they declare, is the hope for peace on earth. Well, if that is the meaning of Christmas, and if we could attain peace on earth this Christmas season, then that would indeed be something to rejoice over. But as we look around, we see little evidence of peace on earth. Instead, we see strife and discord and conflict and dissension. We see political unrest and riots in the street. Our pundit friends often miss the real meaning of Christmas because they skip over the heart of the angel's message. The angel said, Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And why should this be the subject of our rejoicing? Here is Dr. D. James Kennedy with his message, Joy to the World. Luke chapter 2 is no doubt one of the most familiar of all of the passages of Holy Writ. May we sit back and try to hear it for the first time this morning. Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 1, the inspired Word of God. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the end. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. 
And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And may God speak to our hearts through his holy word. Amen. I want to talk to you this morning about something that you want. You want it for Christmas and the day after, and the month after, and all year long, and all of your years, is what everyone wants, and that is joy. Oh, we may not always use that term, maybe happiness. Does not our declaration say that we are to be involved in the pursuit of happiness? And many people are. Most people are. Unfortunately, not too many find it because they don't realize that happiness depends upon happenings. And when things don't happen the way you would like them to happen, then your happiness disappears and you're not happy. But joy depends on Jesus, and he is everlasting. And he is the only one that can give joy that never ends. So whether you call it happiness, contentment, fun, or what the term is, it's what people really want deep down. And Jesus has it. And he brought it down from heaven. Because you see, that is the, that's the happy place. It is so incredibly happy in heaven. So indescribably filled with joy. And when the angels came down, it leaked out. Christ came trailing clouds of glory and joy when he came from heaven. We bring you good tidings of great joy. Not just news, not even good news, not even good news of joy, but good news of great joy. Now that's something that has my attention. I hope it has yours because it's what we really want. But the problem is usually people are looking for it in all the wrong places. The angel said that that joy comes wrapped in the person of a Savior named Christ the Lord, a Savior to be born in Bethlehem that very night. Now, it's interesting. Many people don't know. I get so tired of hearing people talk about all religions are the same. Having taken a doctorate in religion, I assure you, that is absolutely false. All religions are basically the same if you exclude Christianity, which is diametrically opposite to all of the rest. In fact, in the critical sense of the word, Christianity isn't even a religion. 
Religion from religio is, is man's attempt to get hold of and bind himself to God. Christianity is God's successful engagement in reaching down to man with his gifts. That's what Christianity is. It's diametrically different from all human constructions, all human religions. We're talking about all of these prophecies that are being fulfilled this night. 333 separate prophecies of the Old Testament are fulfilled in the life of Christ. Those are just texts. If you take the incidents encased in those texts, it goes up to 456 separate things are prophesied about the coming Savior. 456. There's not a single prophecy about any other religious leader that's ever been born. None. Christ is totally unique and different from all of the rests. And that is why he is the incredible, altogether lovely one. And one thing about him, Satan is always trying to deceive people about him. They try to make people think that Christ is some sort of a cosmic killjoy, a heavenly wet blanket who's come to rain on your parade and take away all of your joy. Oh, all of your joy. Nothing could be further from the truth. Take it from an atheist. Most of you, I'm sure, are familiar with C.S. Lewis, fantastic author. By the way, bosom buddy of Tolkien, who just had some of his books, Lords of the Rings, made into wonderful motion pictures. I didn't see any of them, but I heard they're wonderful. Uh, C.S. Lewis was a professor at Oxford. He was a professor at Cambridge. I say he probably was pretty capable in his field. And he was a wonderful author. He was also a brilliant atheist, total skeptic. But then in midlife, suddenly, he was converted. And he became a Christian. Now, what should have happened to him? Why all of his happiness and joy and fun in life should all have disappeared as the cosmic wet blanket settled over his life. Well, that's what he would have thought, what, what he did think. But then he wrote his autobiography, and this is the title, and you should remember it. C.S. Lewis, Oxford, atheist, converted, autobiography, quote, surprised by joy. That's what he was amazed by. Joy, joy unspeakable, filled his heart. We bring you good tidings of great joy. The devil would make us think it's great misery. Uh, but do not, do not, my friend, be deceived. You may, if you know anything about the translation of the Bible, have heard of William Tyndall one of the greatest translators in history of the English Bible back in the 1500s. And in the prologue to the New Testament, he described what Christianity is. William Tyndall, a famous man, 
Now, I have to say that I'm going to have to translate this. I'm going to have to translate it from English to English. From 15th century, 1500s English until today. But you'll understand what he's saying well enough. Christianity, he says, is good. Merry, glad, joyful tidings that make a man's heart glad and maketh him sing, dance, and leap for joy. I think that's a pretty good description of joy and happiness in any century, don't you? And that is exactly what Christ brings to the human heart. I was speaking some years ago in Indianapolis, and afterward a man came up to me and told me a story. He said, last year I was down at your church in Fort Lauderdale, I attended church. I get the feeling it was at Christmas time. And afterward I met a lady, a young lady in your church, and we got to talking about the good tidings of great joy, and she explained to me the gospel, which Though I'd gone to church, I'd never grasped it. And then he said this. Listen to this. Compare this with the devil's lie. He said, quote, You certainly cannot know, you cannot imagine the indescribable joy that I have known for the last year since I came to know Christ. I never would have believed it." Unquote. How's your last year been? I wonder if there's anyone here that heard the gospel a year ago and didn't accept it, and you've been miserable most of the year. Well, I hope not, but could be indeed. So if so, I would urge you to come out of the dark and the cold and the lies of Satan and enter into joy. And of course, at this time of year, the critics all have their say. It's interesting that Time and Newsweek and Life and U.S. News, and usually several of them, every holiday, they have to have a special section on Jesus Christ. Usually he's on the cover. And then they say a few nice things about him, and then they turn loose the dogs. And the vivisectionists, and they begin to carve up Christ every which way. They find all of the experts and let them tell the American people the real truth about Jesus. Like in one edition of Life, they had a big picture of Jesus on the cover with this provocative question, who is this? Well, gee, it doesn't look like Mickey Mouse. 2,000 years later, they still don't know who this is? Well, they're going to have some experts tell us. So we get the president of the Atheist Association. We get a Buddhist, who's of course quite an expert on Jesus, and we get some other skeptics and other kinds of radicals, and they all go to work on Jesus. 
But you know something? It doesn't faze him. He continues to ride on in splendor and glory, his kingdom growing with every passing year because he is the Lord God Almighty. I remember what Dr. William Charles Robinson, probably the greatest scholar I ever had the pleasure of studying with at Columbia Seminary, we were discussing some theological issue and uh, in which he was explaining his position. And one of the students, of course, not yet dry behind the ears, raised his hand and said this, but professor, the scholars say, and Robinson said, stop it right there, young man. And he stopped. Robinson did not suffer fools gladly. And he said, I'll tell you what the scholars say. I've never forgotten it. I hope you never will either. You want to know what the scholars say? The scholars say everything about anything. That's what they say. You can have scholars say anything you want them to say. You pick the most preposterous thing that you can imagine, and I guarantee you, I can get a bunch of scholars to support it. And they do this all the time. If you don't know that, you are being deceived left, right, and center all of the time. No, Christ is the altogether lovely one. He is the unique one, regardless of what experts, men on the street, or whatever would like to say. There was nobody ever like Jesus Christ, because he is the incarnate God, the creator of the galaxies that flung the Milky Way from his fingertips came down to redeem the creatures that he had made. That's who he is. And he came to save us with that magnificent good news called grace. I've said this before, but I've never met a person who wasn't a Christian who had any idea what grace was. Now, I hope you realize there's, there, there's an implicit challenge there. Hmm? Do you know what grace is? The Bible says we are saved by grace. It is by grace that we are saved. If you don't know what grace is, you can't be saved by grace. And if you can't be saved by grace, there is no other way to be saved. And that means, that means you won't go to heaven. And that means forever. So I ask you again, what is grace? Every Christian knows. Do you? I wish I had some paper and pencils. Some of you are just so eager to answer that. Some of you are just hoping I don't ask you to stand and tell us the answer. Grace is that which is unique about Christianity. No other religion teaches salvation by grace, only Christ. 
Grace is totally unmerited favor, totally unearned favor. It is something given to people that absolutely 100% do not deserve it. It is giving heaven to someone who deserves hell. That's what grace is. And the Bible says we are saved by grace. By grace are you saved through faith. That's what it is. It's the totally free gift of God. It was paid for by Jesus Christ in agony upon a cross, and it's offered freely to us, and we accept it by putting our trust in Him and not in ourselves. How many people I've asked, what is grace? And it's really interesting. If a person isn't saved by grace, they haven't got a clue. And they'll say, well, let's see now, grace, uh, grace, what did I do with that grace? I've got it, got it here somewhere. Grace, why grace is, uh, I, well, um, I just can't think of it right now. You know what that person is really saying? If you translate that into English, it comes out, I am lost because we are saved by grace. If you don't know what that is, you can't be saved by it. People will say, well, let's see, uh, where is it? I've uh, got it here somewhere. What did I do with it, grace? Uh, well, my friends, if you want to find grace, you look outside of yourself and you look at the cross. There, there is grace. The unearned, undeserved favor of God paid for at infinite cost by Jesus Christ and offered freely to anyone who will acknowledge their own unworthiness, their own sinfulness, and place their trust in Him alone. Why, Father, should you let me into heaven? Only one single reason. Your Son suffered to pay my way in. I have no other hope but him. That's the good news the angels brought. May we pray. Heavenly Father, should there be those here today, as there are all over this country and all over this world, who have never grasped the grace of God, who have never trusted in the Savior of God, who continue to rely upon their own goodness, their own piety or morality. Help them, Lord, to see that they are unclean in your sight and that they're on their way to a just condemnation. And let them say, Lord Jesus Christ, Savior of men, right now, come into my heart, cleanse me, renew me, and grant me the gift of everlasting life. In thy name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer with Dr. Kennedy, there is no better Christmas gift that you could ever receive 
than the gift of knowing peace with God now and forevermore. You are now a friend of God, and your relationship with Him has just begun. To help you celebrate, we want to send you a special gift. It's Beginning Again, the book Dr. Kennedy wrote for new believers. When you get it, write today's date on the inside cover so you'll never forget your spiritual birthday. To receive your copy, just write to our address or call our toll-free number. And be sure to ask for Beginning Again. And have a blessed and Merry Christmas. That Christmas message proclaimed to the shepherds changed the world and changed the lives of men and women, boys and girls today. One of Dr. Kennedy's most famous books, which has definitely changed the lives of men and women, is titled Truths That Transform. This book examines key principles of Christian doctrine, such as holiness, Christ's return, eternal security, heaven, and much more all in an easy-to-understand fashion. Dr. Kennedy once told us that of all of his books, he wanted to make sure that this one stayed in print. As a result, we have recently reprinted this classic book, and we will be happy to send you a copy as our thanks for your generous donation to the ongoing work of this ministry. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11164, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339, or call toll-free 888-332-3069, or go online to djkm.org. The end of the year is quickly arriving, and as you give your tax-deductible donation, you will be helping us finish 2017 in the black. and head into 2018 ready to move forward on one of our most ambitious initiatives ever, the D. James Kennedy Center for Christian Leadership. Based in our Center for Christian Statesmanship on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., the Center for Christian Leadership will be identifying high potential Christian leaders and providing training to them to make a true difference for Christ at every level of leadership. We will be equipping them with a biblical worldview as well as practical training in debate, media relations, constitutional government, and a host of other important skills they will be able to use to impact government at the highest levels. Please stand with us in this nation-changing venture. And if you're able to give a generous donation of $75 or more, we will send you the book, Truths That Transform, plus the six CD unabridged audio version of the book. It's the perfect way for you to listen to this great content while on the go. That's the book, Truths That Transform, plus the audio book, as our thanks for your generous donation of $75 or more. Or we'll send you the book alone for a donation to the ongoing work of this ministry. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11164, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339. Or call toll-free 888-332-3069. Or go online to djkm.org. 
I'm Frank Wright. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Kennedy Classics. May the joy and blessings of Christmas be yours now and forever. We'll see you next time. Today's program is available on DVD or audio CD for your gift to this ministry of any amount. Please call, write, or log on to our website today. This has been a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries.